Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today, we're going to talk about women or feminism in the church. And we're going to talk to the ladies a lot of, a lot of this, a lot of this podcast. Um, there's something that I have noticed uh, way back, you know, the old days in 2015, whenever I first got on Facebook. Um, I noticed when I started broadening my horizons and started having a, my, my sphere of influence was getting bigger and bigger. And I started um, meeting people that was not local to me, that there was an issue that was pandemic. It's, and I'm speaking generally here, if you're, if this doesn't apply to you, then I'm not talking to you and I'm not talking about you, male or female. But there is a general idea that everybody is okay with telling men that they need to be men, they need to get tough, they need to go out, get a job, they need to grow up, they don't need to be children, they need to produce children, they need to take care of themselves, they need to take care of somebody else. And it's very easy and and in vogue to talk about all the shortcomings of men. And then when the focus is turned on women, all hell breaks loose. And pushback is such like, well, you're a man and you're preaching from the pulpit and you're preaching a sermon or, or, you're, or you're giving a lecture about what women need to do. Don't you think that women need to hear that from other women? Well, first off, no, I don't. Let's go to the Bible really quickly and let's squash that stupidity. Titus. This is Paul writing to Titus. But as for you, Titus, you, Titus, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. And then there's a list of things that Titus is to speak and how Titus is to shape a group of people. And the very first order of business from an inspired by the Holy Spirit man to another man is that that young man is supposed to tell men and women how to be men and women, to be sober and reverent and temperate, sound in the faith, in love, in patience or perseverance. And then from that platform, the older women are to teach the younger women. I'm going to repeat that. The very first order of business is for is a man told another man to teach people, women who are older than them, the virtues associated with femininity. 
and they are to outfit and equip the older women to teach the younger women. Listen, the older women, verse 3, likewise, that they should that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. What is the first line of defense for women to keep them from blaspheming the word of God? It's not the older women. It's a man. Why is that unpopular today? Why, whenever scripture like this is is simply read and exegeted, do these feminist type, these modern feminist type, they want to come out of the woodwork and they want to say, well, you know, women should teach women and you you got to understand that the things that you're saying doesn't resonate coming from you. That's a problem with the hearers, okay? Now, what does that have to do with the podcast today? I'm going to read a post from Dr. Brad Harib. Now, I've, I, I, I read a lot of stuff from Focus Press. And I read a lot of stuff from Brad Harab, and I use uh, the the good material that they put out to kind of focus my own thoughts. My 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 my, my podcast is just cogitations. Uh, focus Press and those guys there they they do really good content. Um, it's probably more than just their stream of consciousness. They actually polish what they do. I don't polish what I do. This is just literally me speaking what's in my mind. But listen to this. Too many young ladies are blaspheming by Brad Harab, Ph.D. Let me read this, and let's have a conversation. And right now, I cannot see the comment section. So if you want to comment, I will, I will get to your comments, and we can have a back and forth if you like. But just understand that I can't see your comments right now. If you are watching this live, be the algorithm for us. Share this with your friends. And that'll, that'll help us get uh, in front of a larger audience. Now, and, and, as, and as much as I enjoy Brad Harrop's content, look, even he has to mitigate what he's saying. He has to really, really be soft and ease into this. He starts out, In the past, I have picked on Christian young men for not growing up, and rightfully so. We have too many 20-year-olds who would rather play video games than be responsible, get married, and have children. They are not striving for greatness, not to mention the pornography epidemic. But today, I'm going to pick on Christian young ladies. Now, I contend that that first paragraph does not need to be there. That this He could have just started this post by saying, Today, I am going to address Christian young ladies. He doesn't have to mitigate it. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to try to soften this so much. But really, he kind of does. Because even though he did try to soften it so much, he still got pushback. He got pushback from these weak, effeminate, emasculated men and these feminist women who claim to be Christian. Let's go. But today, I'm going to pick on Christian young ladies. I've heard of yet another Christian young lady 
who doesn't want to settle down and get married. She doesn't think she wants kids. She wants a career and really enjoys being able to travel. She wants to post videos and pics on social media and try to become an influencer. And here's the sad part. Right now, many of you are probably thinking, so, what's the problem with that? Well, problem number one is she is blaspheming the Word of God. Go back and look at Titus 2, 4 through 5. They admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the Word of God may not be blasphemed. Her plans for her life do not include any of that. Problem number two is her narcissistic and self-centered goals leave God and His glory out of the picture. Life is not all about having fun and traveling to take Instagram pics of yourself. We are called to be living sacrifices. Take up our cross and follow Him. Problem number three is that God instituted marriage, and therefore it is good. That's Genesis chapter 2. To purposefully avoid it is to avoid something God Himself stated that is good, or God Himself started, rather, that is good. I'm going to put a pen here, and I'm going to talk about Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. There was a present distress where Paul said during this present distress, it would be better if you remained as I am, which would be celibate and single. But still, it was good, even in the present distress, to get married. All right. Problem number four is that God refers to children as a reward or blessing. See Psalm 127, verse 3. Not desiring children is like telling God, you can keep your blessing. I don't want it. I'm not talking about couples who cannot have children. That's a totally different situation. Problem number five is God is not Lord of your life. Instead of asking, what would God have me do with my life? It's all about what they themselves want to do. They have elevated themselves to a position only God should hold. We are here to bring God glory, not ourselves. I put most of this one on parents and colleges for feeding this wandering, self-centered, career-minded thinking rather than instilling God's Word in their hearts. Yes, radical feminism plays a role, but who allowed that worldview into our hearts? I'm going to put a peg there. This is what I was talking about in the beginning of the podcast. Listen, the world can rage. The church ought to be different. And the world hollers feminism, feminism, feminism. The world hollers to these young women. It is crazy. Sex is the same for you as it is for a man. And you can go out and you can be promiscuous. You can sow your wild oats. And you can put off having a family and having a children. Or having children. And you can develop your career. And later in life, you can come back and have a family. When just mathematically, that's impossible. I think geriatric pregnancy begins somewhere in the mid-30s. You you can't. Ladies, you can't. You can't have 
you're, you, you can't be a man and a woman. Well, Tony, what do you mean by that? To graduate high school and to go out into the workforce and build a career so you can take care of somebody beside yourself, that is manly. That is masculine. That's, that's something that men should do. What women should do is they should be taught, again, well, Tony, you're a man. You, you don't really have any room to say this. Uh, yes, I do. We, we just read the book of Titus. Older women should teach these younger women the virtue of getting married at a young age and devoting their lives to their own husbands and to be obedient to their own husbands and to raise a family, to be a keeper at home. We, we, it's like we, we just give lip service to the Proverbs 31 woman. We only give lip service to that. What we're telling women is you need to sacrifice the years in your life where you are most valuable, where you are at peak fertility, at peak childbearing years, where you're most desirable to a member of the opposite sex, and you are to give them to a man who has no vested interest in you other than what you can produce financially. In other words, you're going to go get a job. That is not good, and it has ruined countless women's lives. I've seen it play out. Why do we do this? Why do we allow this? Feminism is going to be a thing. But the church needs to combat it. All right. Let's go to the next paragraph. Parents, it is time to take a serious self-examination about what you are teaching your daughters. It's time Christian young ladies stop obsessing over their social media pictures and instead obsess over God and His Word. I'm going to put a pen right there. I cannot tell you how many times that I've seen Christian women, both young and old, and when I say old, I'm 45. I'm counting myself, my age and the old. I see ladies my age. They're taking these social media pictures, and they're looking deep into the camera, and it's sultry, it's sensual, and they want to be attractive and beautiful for the pictures. This is wrong. Why would you do that? Why would you put your sexuality and your sensuality on play, on display for men that's not your husband? Well, I don't do it for men. I do it for me. Hogwash. If you did it for you, you wouldn't put it on social media. That's like wearing makeup and high heels and stuff like that. Listen, there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup and high heels. That's what you want to do. Just don't, don't be a liar about why you do it. You don't do that for you. You do that for other people. Because if you did it for you, you would do it while you were at home by yourself. Anyway, it's time our parents and local congregation stop feeding this unbiblical worldview to our young ladies. It's time we encourage marriage and children and God's design for the home. It's time we demonstrate a better way to the world around us. Clarification. Because some people can't seem to pick up on the real message or just like to nitpick or use mental gymnastics to justify their particular situation, 
allow me to, quote-unquote, land the plane. No, of course it is not a sin to remain single. And I'm not talking about people who want to marry but haven't found their spouse yet. This entire article about young ladies who have stiffened their neck against the idea of marriage, children, homemaking, etc., because they would rather please themselves. This entire article is about young ladies who have stiffened their neck against the idea of marriage, children, homemaking, etc., because they would rather please themselves. It's about a feministic worldview that is in direct conflict with God's Word that seems pervasive in many young ladies today. So I'm done with that article. I'm going to get to where I can see uh, the, the live stream and stuff. Hello, Brandon Dreschner. Good to see you this morning. So my point is this. We have enough data now to look at women over a few generations, several decades now, who have entered into the, who have foregone marriage, bearing children, rearing children, being a maker at home or a keeper at home. And we can see whether or not their life is fulfilled. It's not. There's a phenomenon at these, at these highest levels of, of, um, of work. I, no, I've, lost the, I've lost the English language. These highest career levels. Take, take for instance, a, a law firm. Um, I know that there's a, there's, a, there's a television show that's uh, gone off the air now. It's called Suits, and it's about a law firm in New York. And they are a high, they're a corporate law firm, and they are uh, intense, high-performance, multi-million dollar, I think, I think 500000 a year is the base salary for uh, a partner. And, I mean, it's, it's a big deal, right? And they touch on it just a little bit in the show that the women, once they age past their prime, and for a woman, her prime, after she, after she leaves her 20s, she's no longer in her prime. Okay, so once once they age into their 30s, they don't care about making partner. They don't care about making 500,000 to 1.5 million dollars a year. They start lamenting not being married and having a family. And here's the thing. It is such a sad thing to see a woman in her 50s in her 60s all of the women around her they are bouncing little grandbabies on their knee and they're having fun taking care of their little grandbabies and this woman yeah she's got a nice house yeah she can travel around the world yeah she's got all kinds of money but she has no legacy because she traded money for the ability to fulfill her purpose in God's plan. And we are we are feeding into this in the church. And and if we're not actively feeding into it, we're passively feeding into it because it is verboten for men to comment on it. Because in order to come to these kind of realizations, it takes a very logical brain. You can't speak from emotion. 
even even in my younger days, before I knew anything, I was teaching a class, and I can't remember what the class was about, but abortion came up. And we got into the ethics of certain things, and um, I was talking about abortion. I said, listen, it's, a, it's, an, unpopular, it's an unpopular opinion, but uh, women don't—I I said, it's not about a woman's body. It's not about a woman's right over her own body. A woman doesn't have that much right over her own body. That wasn't a good statement because it, it's, it was kind of like a First Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 statement. Uh, somebody that desires to be a teacher of the law and they don't know what they say nor whereof they affirm. I didn't realize exactly what I was affirming by that statement. I was actually affirming by the statement, and I wasn't aware of that, that abortion is an issue of bodily autonomy. It is not. But even so, okay, even so, in that little congregation deep in the heart of the country in northwest Tennessee, the women got mad at me. They, 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 they knew, like, it, it was part of their value system that abortion was wrong, that, that killing a baby in the womb is, in fact, killing a baby in the womb. But I framed it as if it took, in other words, it was their, it was, it was their decision. And me as a man saying anything about it was wrong. And I was chastised. And I was told, well, you know, you need to leave these women issues to women. And I'm like, no, no, look, check it out. But as for you, speak things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith and love and patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. The very first thing, the very first order of business was to teach men and women how to be men and women. We've got to get this out of the church. We've got to start teaching these principles from the pulpits. And we've got to we've got to teach them to our parents so that they can trickle down and the parents can teach them to their young children. And we need to prioritize teaching our women, hey, look, you're about to graduate. You're about to graduate high school. That's fine. Be open to the idea of marrying someone. And, and we need to help parents be involved in picking a mate for their daughter. And, and we, need to, we need to have parents be involved in picking a mate for their son. We need to help parents understand this. And we need to quit telling our daughters to listen to other women about what men want in a woman. Because what they are being told is that men want somebody who is successful and independent and put together. And, and men just don't, men don't care about that. And then it's couched in language like this. Well, well, men are intimidated by successful women. No, no, they're not. 
men are not intimidated by successful women at all. It's just in order for a woman to be successful in the workforce, she has to take on and adopt masculine behavior. And women or men don't want to be associated with masculine women. Men want to be associated with feminine women. So don't, ladies, whether you want to hear it or not, don't give the years of your life that you can never get back where you're most desirable to members of the opposite sex. Don't give them and devote them to a man who has no vested interest in you beyond what you can provide him financially. And don't take a article like this from Brad Harab that is 100% truth. And because it's coming from Brad instead of Brenda, toss it out the window. Truth is truth regardless of whose mouth it comes from. Folks, I feel like I ranted and raved a little bit. I don't know what the solution is other than just go back to the Bible. Let's start teaching our young women to be feminine and our young men to be masculine and teach them the virtues and be honest and tell our daughters, hey, listen, if you want to grow up and you want to live a life in the Lord that's, that's fulfilled, it ain't going to be in the boardroom. It's not going to be in the boardroom. If you want to live a life that's fulfilled, get married, have children, love them babies, raise them babies, help your daughters do the same. That's all I've got here, folks. I hope that I've said something that's informed you. I hope I've said something that's convicted you in some way. I hope I've edified you. And if you are listening to this after the fact, I hope you subscribe to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, and share the podcast with your friends. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.